We all know the experience, I think, of growing apart from someone, of growing distant from someone. Perhaps we can look back to a month ago, a year ago, a few years ago, and think of someone in our lives that we used to be a lot closer to. Maybe now that's changed. Maybe now we've fallen out of touch. We don't talk as much or see each other as much. Maybe we don't talk at all. Maybe we seem to have grown apart. Maybe we don't understand them anymore. They don't understand us. Maybe we've had a definite disagreement, a fight, some sort of breaking apart. We know these things happen in our human relationships. And we hear in our scripture readings today the question of whether this may have happened in our relationship with God. This may have happened in a big way or a small way. For each person here it could be different. Perhaps you feel like you're incredibly far away from God. Incredibly far. Like you don't even belong here. You do. Or perhaps it's not so dramatic for you, and yet you would think, if I ask you, when in your life were you the closest to God? And you think of some time that isn't now. You think of some time in the past. When you were closer, when things were different. And now you're not quite that close. You've become a little more distant. Of course, it may be that for some of you here, if I ask when were you closest to God in your life, you might say right now, this is the best it's ever been. In which case, praise God. That's wonderful. For you too, the practices of Lent will be useful. But there's this theme that for probably many of us, whether a little bit or a long, long way, that we may have been become distant from God. Here we have what we might have called bad news and good news. The bad news is that if we become distant from God, guess who moved? We did. He didn't leave us. If we become distant from him, we're the ones who left. And this is why we hear in that first reading, the Lord say, return to me with all your heart. Return to me. Because he knows that if we're distant, we're the ones that left. In a sense, that's bad news. The good news is that he's asking us to return to him. Indeed, more than that, he's not just asking. We know that God the Son became man, took on human nature, came to live among us, gave himself completely upon the cross and rose from the dead to bring us back to God. And more than that, sent others as ambassadors, as St. Paul says, So many people being extended from God saying, come, be reconciled. He isn't putting up a wall. He's extending his hands in invitation. So how are we going to do that? Four things that turn out to have everything to do with this season and sort of go in an order, progressively, one to the other. The first thing is that if we are caught in some sort of sin, 
doing something that's directly against God's will, well, if we're going to return to him, then we need to stop that. The great thing is that there too, he has given us that gift. A gift, first of all, in baptism, and for those of us who received baptism many years ago, confession. Confession, where we come and we pour out these things to him with sorrow, being ready to stop them. And we'll receive forgiveness. And there is nothing that he cannot forgive when we bring it there with repentance. Nothing. There'll be many opportunities throughout this season to go to confession. And indeed, that symbol, that blessing that we receive today, fits very well. Because we know that if we want to say to someone that we're sorry, there are ways to say it flippantly, but there are ways to say it and sometimes actions to accompany it to show we really, we really are sorry. And one of those ancient ways that people would use when they really wanted to say to God, look, I'm really sorry for what I've done, is they'd put on uncomfortable sackcloth and put on themselves ashes. And so today we receive a little bit of ashes as a token of that ancient way of telling God, look, I'm really sorry for the things that I've done that took me away from you. So those sins, those things directly against God's will, the first thing is we leave them behind and we tell God we're sorry. And we have them washed away in confession. The second, third, and fourth things bring us into those three classic actions of Lent, which are the three things that our Lord Jesus talked about. The first, not in the order he talked about them, is fasting. If we, in the first step, we leave behind our sins, in the second step, we also recognize that there are other things, not sinful in themselves, good things, that nevertheless we can get more attached to. They can take away our freedom. They can take the place of God in our lives. And we need to get a little stronger at being able to say no to them whenever we need to. And so we fast, literally saying no to food, whether in quantity or in quality, but more generally being ready to choose something, something good in our lives that may we realize we've loved just a little too much. Not a bad thing, a good thing. And we're going to get some practice at being able to say no to it for a while. Saying no to it so that we're more free to say yes to God. So that's number two, fasting. Number three is then almsgiving. Perhaps literally the giving of money to those in need, but we know that there are many ways to show mercy to those in need. Many material things we can give that people need, and also many spiritual things. Whether it be consolation when they're sorry, or encouragement when they need that, or instruction. There's so many things we can give that people need. And when we do that, we know that we're already beginning to draw near to the heart of God. To begin to let our own hearts beat with his love. To begin to live our lives more in the same way that he lives and acts. And then finally we come to the fourth. We're now closest, we turn to prayer. We're now we're not just living love for others as God lives love, 
But now we're going to really draw near to Him, to spend time with Him, to speak to Him, to listen to Him. Indeed, sometimes just to be with Him, together. There are so many ways that we can do that. One of those ways is in Eucharistic adoration. When we come, whether here to the church and are in Christ's presence, there in the tabernacle, and you know, the church is open every day, roughly 6.30 to 9. Or whether we go to our Eucharistic Adoration Chapel and there exposed in front of our sight is our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And we can sit there and look at Him and He can look at us. You, the Adoration Chapel is open every day, somewhat different hours from day to day, so check it out. But it includes every evening of the whole week, every morning except Sunday. That's a chance. And so these four things are a continuum of turning away from evil and turning more and more towards God. As we turn away from sin and have it washed clean, as we fast, as we give alms, show mercy, and as we turn to God. And in this way, if we recognize that we've gotten away from him. This is the season to get close again. He is asking us to. He is giving us this season of grace to do just that. And so with joy, we hear those words of St. Paul. Now is a very acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation.